For the first time on Positive Vibrations, we have songwriter, singer, and guitarist of Steel Pulse, Mr. David the Dread Hines. Respect, David. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Respect to everyone. Thank you. Right on. Steel Pulse is a widely known reggae band out of the UK. You have released countless albums over the past decades, and by the late 80s have won a Grammy, and uh, you even played at Bill Clinton's inaugural celebration, which is very cool, Uh, you being the first reggae band to appear at an event like that ever. How was meeting Bill and playing for him? Well, we never officially met Bill as such. It's more on Uh. our goal. We did get um, thank you um, letters from him, though. He, he actually acknowledged what we were doing anyway and requested certain songs. Excellent. So he's a fan, of course. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been busy this year, you and your band, with touring UK, being on the road out there, and headlining major venues in California, such as the 25th Annual Jazz Reggae Festival at UCLA, up in Mendocino County at Sierra Nevada World Music Festival, and now at the right. Pacific Amphitheater. Yeah, that was those were amazing concerts. I was there covering press, and I got to tell you, you were on point every time. Your live performance is amazing. Um, how has your tour been going so far for you personally? Well, personally, uh, the last two dates have been a bit strenuous because I've sort of um, damaged my shoulder. So um, I, I have not been playing the guitar for the past um, few shows. No. And unfortunately, it's going to be the same situation when I actually hit San Diego. But um, yeah. we're going to still give it our all. You know, the, the show is still going to have a fresh appearance to it, despite me not playing my guitar. I've got a very well established gunslinger of a guitarist uh, next to me so sure. he'll do the rest of the work while I continue doing the vocals and um, do what I can yes absolutely and you'll definitely nail those vocals and probably because you're not playing guitar really focus more on the vocals and so those are always blessings you know in disguise sometimes but I please take care of your shoulder though please take care yeah I'm gonna try I've been yeah. getting physio and the going to one of his specialists to see, you know, if they can turn it around for me to continue to turn for the rest of the year. But who knows, you know, it's a weird thing, especially at my age. Okay, well, let's start a little bit about your background. You were born in the UK, is that correct? That's right. And so how did you come to meet your band members and form your band, Steel Pulse, out there in the UK? Well, most of us went to same school, which is a secondary modern school, which what you call um, senior high, I think, in your neck of the woods. And, you know, we we made it vow to pursue, you know, a sort of a musical career in so much as putting a band together, you know, after we left school and we so said, so done. Tell us where reggae began for you and how you came to be inspired to play the music, Roots Reggae. Well, reggae... It's something that's been always inbred in our culture. I mean, that's come from Jamaican background. We, we heard it in its earliest forms when it was blue beats, care. Then it developed into rock steady and into reggae and dancehall as we know it today. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was not any major adjustment as such. We sort of went with the flow. The, the difference was that we sort of visualized, we... we understood things from a British standpoint, because obviously we weren't born in Jamaica, so when, when it comes to you know, airing our views about the Jamaican experience, we can only go so far where it, cor- where it correlates with, you know, um, you know um, with the diaspora as opposed to what's actually going on in Jamaica, because we weren't born there. So we sort of introduced ourselves with, with, with the English 
um, from the English perspective. You see? Yes, absolutely. So, but you know, you were also political about the UK yeah. as well, just like the roots reggae in Jamaica was political about their time and certainly their religion and things. Uh, you are a completely diverse band, and apart from being spiritual, you are absolutely ambitious politically, which many fans respect as I. But for those who haven't heard your music before, can you describe to us what your music represents to you and what messages you are trying to send with your music? I've always said the music is didactic. If you go through any biographies that we've done or, bi- you know, bios that you've done, you hear me say that on countless occasions. But it's really to enlighten those who wish to be familiar with their political surroundings. And that's what we know is about, basically, regardless of color, you know, race, creed. We want people to be aware of what the system is doing to the people, especially what's going on here in the UK, as far as the riots that took place recently. These are things we predicted 30 years ago when we um, actually wrote Panzer Revolution. I mean, mm-hmm. right. there's a fan calling me across the street here. All right. <laughs> Very cool. Where are you right now, in fact? I'm, I'm in the heart of the ghetto um, at a takeout, getting ready to take something out. Yes. <laughs> Jamaican food. Yes. Before I rock and roll tomorrow morning on the flight. Absolutely. I just cannot wait to see you Saturday. Um, it's going to be All such right. a great show, and um, I would certainly love to meet you. <laughs> well, make sure you reintroduce yourself um, once we land. Of course I will. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask because, you know, you are political, and your music is certainly Afrocentric in a progressive way. Um, I always ask Roots artists today what they feel about the lack of Roots coming out of Jamaica and, you know, where the Roots really started. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, self-explanatory, really. Since the lack of Roots, is, everything is, you know, um, gone plastic, everything's gone artificial, everything's gone disposable. And as a result, you know, the youths are out there running wild, wielding guns, education on the decline, mm. you name it. So it's, it's all a negative force that's been happening, you know, since Roots has been, you know, more or less taken out of the whole structure of the music. Wow, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, I just don't know what, how to turn this around. I know education will always play the biggest key, but if you, it's mm. up to you, if you want to, get yourself involved in a, you know, in an academical kind of a way. Poverty and lack of education is a crime right now. That's the way I see it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's completely anti-progressive, and I, it's so unfortunate. Do you think that Jamaica is becoming anti-progressive culturally as a culture, or do you think it's just because of the time, the circumstance, you know, the economy? What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, may, are they just trying to cater to a certain sort of generation or fan base with this dance hall that's coming out well w- let's be real mm. when bob marley who we know has been the forerunner as far as establishing the music on an international level um when he you know in his heyday the roots that we know it is roots reggae music bob marley was a forerunner for that and bands like ourselves saw that, admired it, and wanted to follow suit. Mm-hmm. Bands like Third World, Burning Spear, we also um, wanted to follow suit. And n- not many people outside of Jamaica were aware of the fight that he was trying to, he was getting, trying to establish his music on um, 
the Jamaican radio airwaves because of it being Rasta and also um, politically orientated. And so it's always been that kind of a fight happening. So a lot of people tend to associate that Bob Marley is fully established and had maximum respect in Jamaica um, from start to finish, and it was not so. You know, he had a very big fight trying to get his music on the airwaves. Rasta Farai, which is a culture he, you know, affiliated himself with, was, was, was a big fight also. So it's, it's never been totally embraced, only by certain sectors of the society. The roots has never left, in all yeah. honesty. It's just that it's been, you know, um, snowed over by so many negative things. Sure. It's, it's always like um, that, that, that diamond that's in the rough kind of thing. Once you just brush away all that rough and, and, and let that diamond shine, you know, it hasn't gone away. So it's always been there, will always be there. It, it just needs to be recognized, especially by the industry. Because that's another thing as well, because once it's established amongst the people, it doesn't necessarily mean that the industry will adapt to it and, and let it grow. Sure. You know, with Marley, everything was just on time. You know, it was perfect timing. The music came at the right time, and there was the likes of Chris Blackwell. Um, no matter what a lot of people want to say about him in a negative kind of way for anything he's supposed to have done or whatever, you know, that's not my my area right now. But, you know, the reality of it is there was a record label that had faith in the music and also had faith in, in, in the individuals, you know, Bonnie, Peter, and Bob at the time, mm. uh, to, to get, let the music get a chance to grow. And, and that's what happened. I mean, it was just perfect timing. You know, you, you have the right band with the right ingredients, and then you've got the wrong record label. Or you've got the right record label that don't know how to do, you know, they've got the wrong band. And, and, and it just goes on forever. To, to get that magical connection that took place, you know, in, in the very beginning of the 70s is, this is what we need to try and find right now. We're producer, we're the, we're the label, we're the artist, all thinking in the, in, in, in the one way to elevate the music to a you know, much higher level than it is now. Yes, uh, working harmoniously certainly uh, provides success definitely getting the message out and the meaning it, you're, you're right timing is everything i completely yeah. agree and um the timing was right for bob you're absolutely right about that it was right for peter and it was right for you and um i'm very excited for you I'd, are you the band working on any future singles or maybe an album perhaps <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good question because uh, when you say singles we're working on an album yes but the way today's music has been um constructed you know, going out on the internet and all, and all that, you know, people just select the tracks they want to select at the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. And you ask yourself, well, was that an album or was it just a selection of tracks you just put together and people pick what they want to pick when it comes to downloading? We, we are working on an album. It's been quite some time. We've recorded quite a few songs, but we're sort of confused as the ones to really select and hone it down to a good 14 tracks as opposed to the 25 that we've got, um, you know, down as ideas. We've ahead. been absent for such a long time. It's it's, it's like that um, scenario that Michael Jackson had, then and then Lionel Richie had when he had that kind of slow down hit album. I mean, after that, you sort of afraid to put something out because uh, you think it's not going to be as good as what you you had out before. And uh, I think that's what's happening with us right now. That we've been so you know been hiatus has been so long right now that we, we feel apprehensive every time we want to put something out because we think it might not be accepted. Although we put out one or two tracks recently like the Haiti song 
mm-hmm. and also a, a, a title track for a movie called Rocksteady, and and we all play that live, and the, and people have been you know giving it a positive response. So who knows? Yes, I remember you. In fact, did announce at Sierra Nevada World Music Festival you were going to be in a movie. So you're appearing in right. the movie Rocksteady as right. well. Well, it's really as a Jamaican base to it as far as the, the youth that's actually starring the the film I think his name is Cedric Saunders and he actually is born of a, a Jamaican father and the father in the film he dies or we learn of him dying and Cedric is there raised by you know on his own with his mother and he, he's going getting himself into trouble and all of a sudden it dawns on him that he wants to do some dirt track racing you know, around the neighborhood that he, he's been raised in. So he sort of takes on his Jamaican roots. And I come into the picture where I sort of influence him some more, you know, in, in being determined and relentless as far as um, the career he wanted to pursue as, as a dirt track, you know, driver. And this is where we fit in, you know, almost like a guru for him in a sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So when do you think that will be released? I was expecting it to be out at least um, this sometime this year. Yeah. It was recorded a year and a half ago. Um, there's been quite a few um, premieres in different countries. I know there was one in Jamaica a few months ago. Had positive reviews. Our song had a, won the best award, uh, award for the best track or whatever it is. You know, I can't keep up with what's going on as far as what we're doing with with, with uh, in relationship to you know with the industry and what we do but i can't keep up half of the time but that's what it had and <laughs> so i'm imagining they're trying to get different people to sponsor or whatever and so they can have a national international release simultaneously i guess um i sort of lost track of, of how they're going about putting this out but i expected it to be out about at least eight months ago well, should we be expecting that then pretty soon? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. Well, this is good. You guys are still very busy and very much around, which is certainly refreshing to me. You guys have stamina like I wouldn't believe. All of your tracks really are so highly energetic. And then some, you know, of course, spiritual and on a serious note, but your energy is through the roof. And I, I certainly commend you for that. Yes, absolutely, David. Um, yeah, we got we got to thank the man upstairs, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Respect, yeah. respect, and give thanks. I um, I want to wrap it up with you and ask you one more question. Uh, how long did it take you to grow the dread? Well, the dread. <laughs> well, how long it is? Literally, I reckon it's about probably about five feet. Yeah, I'd be curl around my, my head at the moment. <laughs> but if I let it um, let it down, it probably catches me where my just before my heels or something like by now, I, I guess. But I'm coming out about 33 years now, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. Just coming on, coming on 33 years. That's amazing. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I certainly look forward to your show at the Pacific Amphitheater this weekend. That will be Saturday, 7.30. Is that right? I'm not sure. Yeah. I just All I hear is you're on, and I just jump up there and do what I... That's right, that's you know. right. You know more than I do, in all honesty. <laughs> Check out Steel Pulse and the Whalers at the Pacific Amphitheater this weekend. 
Thank you. All right, folks, you be there or be rectangular. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, man. Or square. Take your pick. Thank you so much, and I will see you this weekend. All right, then. <laughs> yes, Crota people, this is David Dredd of Steel Pulse, and right now you're tuned into 88.9 FM, KUCI with Sister Ruya. Back to my woo-woo-woo, woo-woo-woo, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs>